Welcome to the best of both worlds. I'm your host, Darrell Briscoe. I'm so excited to have you guys on the show with us today. Uh, again, on this show, the best of both worlds, we talk about a variety of different topics and issues that we have experienced in, in education and just we're passionate in. And, and, and so topics like faith and marriage and children, friendship, leadership, ministry, social justice, race, uh, we're just so glad that you could join us on another episode. So excited that you guys are listening from all over the country. Man, so pumped to have in the studio. I got to think of a name for this because there's a bunch of blankets on here to kind of, you know, blunt the sound. But whatever, the, in the studio, we've got Mr. Ryan Page. He is the man. Ryan, say, tell, say what's <laughs> up, man. How you doing, Darrell? Oh, man, y'all. I am so excited about this guy here on the show. This is... um. The, the the Ryan and his wife and, she, and he's gonna introduce his, himself to you and a little bit of his background and everything like that. But uh, him and his wife um, welcomed were one of the first families to welcome us when we got here a year ago. And Tracy and I just adore them and their four children. Um, they are fun. They are vibrant. They are dynamic. Uh, they are just such an artistic and creative family. Uh, and I am just so, so happy that he's on the show. We are in part two of our series, My Journey to Becoming Woke. Uh, and, and episode one is where I talked about my journey and and, and, and just, you know, my life and, and, and kind of waking up from this racial hibernation that I was in for years. Um, but I wanted to invite Ryan onto the show. Ryan is, number one, he's one of the smartest people I've ever met. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it's it, 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 it. He he really is, folks. And not only that, he is woke. I mean, this is this is a white brother that is woke, and and I love him. Uh, I love his insight. We uh, man, we had Chipotle. What was it uh, two weeks ago? Yeah, about yeah. Yeah, we we just we must have talked for like an hour, hour and a half, just about everything, the depth that he has, the wisdom. And, 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 and just honestly, too, the theological accuracy and, and the how he brings God into contemporary societal issues is so pivotal. And, it, and it's honestly, it's refreshing for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I read these books and everything. And I'm in school and I'm writing all this stuff. And, but to have someone, to have a safe place, uh, to have a sounding board to bounce things off of, uh, it, 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 it's just it's magnificent. It's, it's tremendous. And and so he's one of those people in my life that I can truly call an accountability partner, someone I can come to and be like, dude, this is what's going on. He will point me to truth. He will be objective, but he will also be very empathic, right? Like very compassionate. That's one of the things I love about you, bro. Like yeah. you just, your, your compassion, but your object, your objectivity as well. And, and so, um, you know, it means a lot. I mean, there's, as a young man, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's always bouncing around in my head and, and different things. I'm trying to wrap my head around things. And sure. Work and theology, God, marriage, family. And so to have someone like him uh, in my corner is huge. Uh, uh, Ryan went to Asbury Seminary. Uh, I received his Master's of Divinity there. Uh, he is on our Kid City Creative Team uh, at Hope Community Church. Uh, Ryan, how long have y'all been? Um, in the Raleigh-Durham area? So we moved, uh, we bounced around a bunch. We grew up in New York, okay, and then we yet. moved to outside of Philly for a couple of years when I just Philly, got a job, okay. got married, you know, you need work. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh, yeah. From there, I went to Asbury, which is in Kentucky, which was 
not the place I expected myself to be. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, with all Way the stereotypes. Yonder, right? right, exactly. <laughs> um, so you get this Yankee from Long Island to go living in Kentucky, <laughs> oh, going right. to school out there. But it was the right place. And sure, then sure. so after I graduated, I looked for a job. And then it was in the end of 2011 that we moved to North Carolina. And we've okay. been here, so what is that? Six plus, yeah, just over yeah. six years mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I've been at Hope for five of those years. Okay, okay. Serving in the same position? No, Hope? no. Uh, I So Hope was one of those, like, get my foot in the door jam as much as I could, right? Sure, so, sure. like, yeah. get a job. It was, like, 12 hours a week working uh, one of the services in Kid City. Mm-hmm. And then just moved from there to whatever positions were available. And so now I'm on the central services team. Great. Kind of sitting in a position where I get to do... To bring a lot of that theological education mm. into the mix and be able You're to work with the kids. Stuff yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. It's kind right. of a nice mix of all the all the experience, you know, like God does. Like you sure. doesn't waste the experiences that you have. So he does not. It's that a cool place like to be. Oh, so cool, so cool, man. Just tell us a little bit about your family, man. I mean, just you know, uh, your wife and your kids and everything like yeah, that. Was you used some fun, use words before with glowing reviews. I would yes. use words like messy and chaotic <laughs> and wide they open. Poor kids, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm about to head in that territory. We Here do. we go. Yeah. Yes, you are catching up. You are right on track. Oh, no, 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 Four right. under five years, right? Yeah, you know? Yeah, well, well, Lord you, help us. <laughs> you, you, both of us, yes. Yeah. So our kids are uh, 13, 11, 10, cool. and 8. So oh. we're a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a fun crew. It really is. There is. You never know what you're going to expect when, when you walk into the page house. Sure. You have no idea what's going to I've been in their house, you. y'all. It is fun. They've got animals. They have books tons of books i mean it's a it's a fun household for sure yeah it's fun house you could have just said fun house, <laughs> fun house. Is probably it <laughs> well ryan tell us a little bit about man just your upbringing uh, in regards to you know race and in your 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 just, I don't know, just kind of just you know growing up along island you know i've been in new york new york city totally different i know but yeah but, sure but, um, but just curious, what, what was it like growing up in Long Island and everything and when the, this whole issue and, and uh, just, yeah, just love to hear a bit about your upbringing. Yeah, so I I grew up in a, I don't know, just a regular house, you know, mm. and my dad's a pastor. He's actually in the United okay. Methodist Church. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm a lifer, you know, uh-huh, I've been in the uh-huh, church forever. Uh-huh. I'm now working in the church. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, growing, I mean, around the issue of race particularly, um the area we grew up in is fairly diverse. It wasn't sure. particularly diverse. You know, if I had grown in, you know, get into Queens, New York City, I sure. would have been yeah, one of yeah. the strong minorities then. Um, that wasn't the case. It was, most people are white, probably, where I was in. It's kind mm-hmm. of like a suburbia area. Sure. Um, and my schooling, actually, was... I ended up going to a private school where there were a lot of international students, but, again, okay. predominantly either white or Asian. Okay. Um, very few black students that are there, mm. um, which is just the perfect environment to breed privilege. You know, mm. it has, it has no, like mm. none of, none yeah. of, I don't think I knew any single person that I is in my family or in my friend group wow. that was ever a bigot or ever a racist at all. Sure. But it is literally the perfect environment to just breed ignorance mm. over and over and over and over again. And you just wow. don't know that you should know more, you know, wow. you just don't know because yeah. it's just your world and your world is your world and it mm. works for you and your schooling works for you. And then I went to. Gettysburg College, which is... Oh, I didn't know you went to Gettysburg. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they're a very white school. Okay. A very okay. white school. Yeah, I think there were probably yeah. like 20 or 30 black students out of all... Couple, wow. I mean, really, well, like... A small private liberal arts school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right yeah. in the middle of Pennsylvania. Wow. Yeah. So right. it just wasn't in my world, you know? Huh. Um, again, it had, and it, it's not like it's... A, you know, nobody, nobody tries to remain ignorant. You just... It's not a heart issue at all. Sure. It's just literally a, a, a veil. Like you just do not see that there is another thing to know right. on the other well, side. That, I love what you said about there, because, right there because I think part of privilege 
is the privilege of not having to educate yourself and be aware of other cultures. That's exactly right. I mean, I mean, it, it, you know, we we think racism in terms of like this individual, willful, interpersonal act of prejudice, mm-hmm. but we don't think of our where we fit in larger societal frameworks That's right. and structures and how those structures put us in places and positions where we are just completely unaware mm-hmm. of the other. Yep, and the privileged you know? position is one where in which, like you said, you do not have to be aware wow. of the other. It just works. Your sure. world works for you. Right. And it's a, it's blind. So it was something I was blind to for most of my life. Wow. Just because you don't know that you should know. You don't know that it's actually even there. I think that, I mean, that's not, it's a good working definition of what privilege is, mm. is not even having to be aware mm. that this is other, another thing. Sure, sure. Gosh, what, you know, and I said earlier in the show, you know, Ryan's just, I mean, you got you to gotta follow this guy. Follow him on Twitter, <laughs> follow him on Facebook, I mean, whatever. What, what is your Twitter handle? What, what is, what, uh, Paging Ryan Page. Paging Ryan Page. You need to follow this cat. What he posts uh, uh, is just fantastic, just how he shares articles and just different insights from uh, that comes off the top of his mind. Uh, you need to follow him. Um, I'm just curious, man, what what was the situation kind of event or series of events that, mm-hmm. that got you woke? I mean, what, what were some things that, that started happening that put you in a place where you're just like, wait, something's not right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like something, you know, my bubble's kind of being shattered. I'm just curious, like, what was that like for you? And Yeah, so I... I mean, it's a moment of, moment of reality. It's been very recently, mm. you know? I'm in my mid-30s, and it's mm. been in the last, like, year or two, wow. honestly. Yeah, sure. um, which is embarrassing, almost, you know? To say, I know it's not, but, like, no. but it almost is like, gosh, once you know, like, oh, I should have known for so much longer, you know? Right, right. Um, I started, you know, it, it was impossible in the national scene to not hear about things like Ferguson, right? Sure. This major, major right. splash yeah. that happened. You can't ignore that stuff. No, you can't yeah. ignore that kind of yeah. stuff. You yeah. can't ignore the, the response that happened. There were some shootings sure. in Dallas to sure. the things that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Charleston. Yeah, but you can't ignore those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And so that kind, that stuff began to sort of like filter the water a little bit for me. But those events okay. myself, those events themselves weren't actually it. Okay. For me, the sort of the, the moment that popped it all was actually Charlottesville. Charlottesville. It was okay. just. August. It was just recent. in August. Yeah. Very recent. Ooh. Very recent. Neo Nazis marching. And Tiki that's torches. You know. Yeah, and it was so. It, I mean, wow. it's. I mean, you can't. You look at the footage, and it's just Ooh. so in in Did your face. Did you see face. Vice News's? Um, I. HBO? Did you, I that's like twenty minutes. I think. You I watched it. I brought my kids in to it's watch unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. It is. It is, and it. I sat. I sat. I couldn't. I didn't. I didn't feel like I was breathing for thirty minutes after that. Sure. You know, just sitting there, like not even knowing what to do, and I didn't like. I mean, and it. That was it. Like, that was the moment where I took. Like, it feels like coming out of the Matrix. Wow. You know, like you take the the red pill. pill. The red pill, right? And it was, but I didn't have a choice, right? This was just here in front of me, and all of a sudden, I'm having to deal with the fact that this is real, and the Mm. fact that this, and it wasn't an. It wasn't the exaggeration of it. But it was just the gripping reality that I now had to deal with this. Wow. And so that was the moment of waking. Yeah. Um, right in your backyard. Nice little southern, sleepy southern <laughs> town, college town. Yep. Progressive town. Yes. University of Virginia. Yep. Right there. And, yep. you know, and Confederate then, you know, statues and marching around and all the violence that ensued. Oh, ensued, my. Obviously. Yeah. And, it, and, yeah, it, and yeah. it wasn't even so much wow. the it wasn't even so much the violence. Like, uh, I mean, it's tragic that that there was a, a life lost sure. in that process. Sure. It's tragic when there's violence of any kind, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it was simply the overt uh, 
demonstration blatant. that oh my blatant. gosh i mean back in the, you know in, in the in the kkk era era i mean least they covered the their heads mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i'm saying i mean they, right well they and that's been the phrase thing, charlottesville the hoods are off right you know i mean they, these cats were just like this is your cbs clerk just like yeah. what's up yeah and you i could know? not believe that yeah. this was actually happening wow. i wow. could not believe that we were here Wow. In this century, in this time, in this like in this country, twenty seventeen into twenty seventeen, like Sorry. what is going wow. on? This is so so wrong, and so wow. like it, I, it just hit me, you know. And it didn't feel like, dude, I'll tell you, it didn't feel like being woke. It felt like being broke. Mm. It felt like being Whoa. snapped in half Whoa. over this thing. I like that. It, like that's what it feels like because it's not. Wow. It, it's not a moment when you're like, oh, I'm gonna have this great enlightening experience. Sure, you know, sure. you don't ever bring yourself to this. Something happens to you. So it good. smacks you across the face, and you're just wrecked by it. Mm. I didn't. I mean, I mm. didn't. I I couldn't eat well that week. I so didn't good. sleep well. Yeah, and just it was rough for me proce- processed stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the very first time that I actually just dealt with it wow so yeah wow. you just you just have to and so it, it went and i'll and I say this disclaimer i mean ryan was instrumental with helping me get through that um he was one of the few people uh white people that i know that texted me and was just like bro how are you doing and we sat down and we had coffee in uh or maybe we, had, we, we, we did sit down we did sit down and we and we talked about that and ryan was just a uh, just a shoulder for me to cry on, to vent about. I mean, I was, I was going through it, man. Mm-hmm. I was, and it was, and I, and I remember telling you this, what was co- so crazy to me about it was, it was right in the middle of writing my dissertation. Yeah. My dissertation is all about racialized events. storms. Yes. Racialized yeah. storms is this concept that I coined in events like how the church, how it even just any institution navigates through racialized crises. Charlottesville was that and so it was so crazy because I'm sitting here writing this and I'm like oh my gosh I'm going through a storm right now and it's not just like you know societally like it's it's like in my heart like I'm I'm dealing with this right now and so it was just so number one I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time and that's one of the things that you know we're going to talk about just how can you be a part of the solution sure how what can what can we practically do to be a part of the solution when it comes to racism and and what Ryan did right there is one of the things I'll, I'll talk about later in the show, but just being a sounding board, uh, mm-hmm. um, not policing my pain. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. joining in the, not judging the tears, but joining the tears. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what this man did. So just, just a disclaimer there, I man, he was just fantastic in that. But that, So that way was Charlottesville for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really mm-hmm. recent. And it's just been like, uh, you can't. You can't go back. <laughs> Once you know, you can't unknow. Sure. You can't. Sure. It's literally impossible. I would have yeah. to now perform acts of evil to no longer be <laughs> to, to remain ignorant of this stuff again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's huge. What are what are some things that mean we just we need to understand about the issue of racism and the issue behind, issues behind Charlottesville and and all that stuff. What are you know what you know, just for the audience out there, you know, what are some things that you've been growing in and your understanding and your knowledge that you've been learning and reading and everything. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do we need to understand with this issue? Uh, well, I mean, so more poignantly, I can talk about it from a perspective of a white guy. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. one, one of the first things I would have to say is that, like, I don't get to call the shots on what's to be understood about racism. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing that I've had to deal with. I don't get to be on the business end of racist arguments. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be in the positions of a a systemic unprivileged or deep deep privilege or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have to be. And so a huge caveat to answer that at all is to Mm -hmm. say like, because 
to presume at all that I would have the answers on how do we deal with this or what we should know mm-hmm. would would be terrible because mm-hmm. it's not my thing. It has to be my thing because I'm a brother and I'm a friend and so this is and like right. this is what Jesus has called us to is unity among one another. Love if I don't that. if I don't get with you on this, yeah. then I cannot like I have to it's mine because it's yours, but it's not mine because it's mine. Sure. Does that make sense? It, it does. And okay. I love what you just said about the just bringing Jesus into it, the theological significance behind this issue. I mean, you, you, you the, what's the first thing the Holy Spirit does? Holy Spirit drops at Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that happens, ethnic, racial, yes. cultural barriers destroyed are being broken, demolished. Destroyed. That, the first yes. thing, yes. Jesus, like, dude, listen, I'm about to peace out. I'm out. I'm, about, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna send somebody. He's gonna do some awesome stuff. Holy Spirit, you know what I'm saying? Just wait in Jerusalem. I like how you got Black Jesus going on. Oh, I got Black Jesus. Black, <laughs> Jesus. Ooh, Black Jesus. I'm about to peace Happy out. Black Jesus. <laughs> That's Darrell's translation. <laughs> That's right. The DBV. The NIV, NLT, DBV, right the there. Darrell Briscoe. That's perfect. Right there. But but you know, Holy Spirit comes in and then and boom, the culture. Yeah. You 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 look at you look in Acts at at, at Antioch, the mm-hmm. church Antioch, and, and and how the leadership there. It, it, it specifically names where they're from. Yeah. All over the world. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So this was, I mean, this is, I mean, obviously, there's just so yep. much stuff with Peter's vision. With oh, the, yeah. You don't have to get very far into Acts before Philip very... is visiting somebody in Ethiopia. Woo! Right? Right. And you've got then Peter, oh. the whole, I mean, the entire premise of the beginning of the church is that it is not just for Jews, this is for Gentiles. And so, just demolishing the things yes. that it said, it's just us and them. Now it's just us. Yes. There is no us. And it's just grand, I mean, then you could fast forward this whole thing. The entire book of Revelation is oh. every tribe, tongue, nation of people, every corner of the earth has a representative here. Sure. And not just one, not like an ambassador. Right. But that is literally the definition of the kingdom of God. Wow. It's absolutely racial included and what's what I love about it is it doesn't actually and that's, I think it's in Revelation 7 or 9 I don't remember what it is mm-hmm. watch me just be totally wrong um, it's, it's somewhere <laughs> toward the first like third of the book um, but what's beautiful is it's not just homogeny oh. this isn't like everybody's oh. the same everyone's wearing right, right robes right. and you can't tell right. no 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 these are brothers and sisters who are from every place and they retain their ethnic identity Ooh. in the kingdom of God it's, it's written. It's, it's yes. It, 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 it's what is a necessary wow. part of God's kingdom vision that is, is so that we incredible. would all actually be together, retaining our individual differences to be to portray this beautiful mosaic that is mm. what God has created God's us to tapestry. be. Tapestry. Yes, it's huge. It's, and I think that's so important, bro, because I think a lot of times, and I'm just curious what you think about this, because a lot of times, a lot of folks will come to me. Will, will come to me. You know, I, I don't. I don't see race. You mm. know, so they look at me like I, I don't see. You're just. You're just. You're your brother. I don't see color. I don't see. So we kind of have this kind of colorblind. A lot of folks uh, have adopted this colorblind rhetoric ideology mm-hmm. to essentially deal or combat with racism. Like that's the way to end racism. And I'm just curious. You know, so you have all that. It's kind of like this. De- let's let's de-emphasize race. Let's not talk about. It. Let's not talk about it so much mm-hmm. because you know, obviously, because of our history, our painful history sure. as a country, right? Yeah. And so, a lot, it makes a lot of folks uneasy talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but um, what do you, what do you what do you what do you think about that when folks will say, yeah, I don't, I don't see color, I don't I don't see this, I don't why why do we have to talk about it so much? You know, what? I mean, I mean, I I I speak it fluently. I get the idea that mm. like, oh, it's you know, just love, just peace, just it's an internal thing. Like we shouldn't sure. worry about these issues. The issues are a problem, but that's kind of like medicating a symptom. 
and not actually address it. Like if you have foot pain because so, you have ankles broken, I can take morphine, <laughs> you know, I can, yeah, but I, I'm sure. going to be walking on a broken ankle if that's the case. Sure. Um, yeah. And I think most of the time people say that in an attempt to prove in some way or just do, or passionately say like, look, I am not hating you. Right. I am not, right. I am sure. not racist in my heart. Sure. Absolutely. The intentions yeah. are there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I just think it's bland. Mm. I don't. I think you miss out mm. on the opportunity to be experiencing something beautiful on the other side so, that isn't you. Something that is other has an because it's not the way you think and it's not the way you look and it's not the way you portray something. But like when you can see the image of God in that person, in their difference from you, Ooh. is something more beautiful to wow. that. It you know. Really Otherwise, is. it's yeah. just the same few colors that are over. Like I love that. I, I, so it's I, like, I just like, it's like you like you know for me as a black man, I'm like listen. You, you can see my color. There's there's nothing wrong with <laughs> God created me. What happened? So, <laughs> how do you not see this? How do you not see it? I mean, America, trust me, we see the, the, this, right. this color has been put on display for centuries. Yeah. And there are, you know, and, 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 and so, but I feel that you can affirm my humanity and my dignity. Amen. Yes, and still that's see it. my color. Yes. Right. And, right. I mean, you know, I, I, I love a, this line from Austin Channing Brown. Uh, um, just incredible writer. Yeah, she is. Uh, and she's just, I mean, she's amazing. And she just says, like, you know, we we should look to be color conscious uh, and like learn that. to celebrate uh, God's beautiful tapestry, mm -hmm. to include it, to to you know, we I, this. I just love that you you, you talked about the concept of homogeneity, you know, because we live in such homogenous worlds mm -hmm. and bubbles. Who we yeah. follow on Instagram? Uh, who we, <laughs> yep. No, no, seriously. You, yep. If you look at your follower list and just be like, count how many people of color you actually have on that list. I mean, right. we live. You know, our friends are. You know, spheres of. You know, our our work. I mean, we can live in these bubbles, and and when that happens, we don't intentionally get out there and celebrate and. Um, have this kind of relational friction, not in a mm -hmm. bad way, friction bad way, but just kind of getting up and rubbing around, rubbing, you know, next to someone, connecting with them. I think that's just so important. Yeah, right? you know, that's huge. Well, and that's back to your original question is like, what do we do to actually address this issue of racism that's mm -hmm. there? Um, you, you have to work at it. We are naturally going to gravitate towards being like ourselves, you know, and find something that find find people that are much more like us, and it uh, has to do with not just color, but subcultures and subcultures, the, you know all that. Sociological, absolutely, and of course, of course. yeah, and, which which is also supported by racially systemic problems that are there, you know. So my subculture that it was was private white educated was supported by a by by systemic racial problems that it wasn't necessarily including people of color. Sure. Was wow. was informing wow. my subculture and then the clock 20 uh, what is that uh, 20 catch 22. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. That catch 22 is sure. like then my then my subculture is going to further propagate my continuing to be racially systemic and not like, and be isolated in that, wow. you know? Wow. And so I get that. Like I, there's that, and that's a bigger conversation than individuals, sure, sure, but sure. it does start with people that are getting in there. One of the most valuable things I did, I think it was maybe a week after Charlottesville. I remember I, t I, I think I messaged you in some way and I was like, bro, mm, yeah. I need more people of color in my Twitter sure feed. Yeah, I need them in my mm -hmm. ear. I need them across my eyes. I need to be learning. I need to sit at the Love feet that. of the people of color who are actually Ooh. speaking and doing this stuff. Sure, and sure. I need yeah. to be discipled in this mm. because I literally mm. do not know. It's humility right there. It's just that's so good though because I think that we, we, we can be so prideful in what we know. Sure. Our constructed social reality. Mm -hmm. 
that we've lived in for our whole life. And we're like, well, this is the right way. And so the yeah. fact that you're like, I need to be discipled. Like I need to learn and grow. It's just so significant though, dude. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's 90, that's 10% of folks out there that, that do that. Sure. Well, but it's, but it's, it's 90, so per, it's 90% of the growth that I've had from it. Wow. You know, like wow. I, it, it is, it is absolutely the thing that begins to change because then, then, then what I'm listening for, I'm just listening for different phrases and what I'm starting to pay attention to are things that are important, not to me intentionally. And it wakes me up further. Wow. The more I listen and the more I read people of color, the more I intuitively begin to speak the language and I begin to fluently so understand good. what's actually going on, which helps wake me up to different situations that are in my other world and I can begin to engage that in that way. Yes. You know, but if yes. I but if I do not even speak the language, if I don't even know what the issues wow. are yeah. or know mm. that there are going mm. to be people of color who are hurt in situations like this or should be hurt, then I am very likely to misstep. And I'm wow. very likely to just assume that, well, I have the right answer and all that kind of stuff. And then just speak the thing that you grew up speaking, you know, no, uh, there's no white person who go, who grows up thinking like, oh, I, I can't wait to hate black people. Well, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, yeah. well I'm sure. Okay. Maybe there are some, but by and large, large right. Yeah. So, so what you have are people who just are only taught what they're taught and it's generation after generation after generation have taught that this is the thing. And so when I grew up, without any without any improper intent the actual issues are to avoid political issues to mm. avoid conversations that might be harmful or dangerous sure. or rub people the wrong way let's just not talk about that let's well, just and it's not focus even on the gospel let's just focus on let's just, well, let's just and, not talk about yes the gospel okay. as defined as personal individual Indiv salvation mm. for another world in heaven it has Ooh. nothing to do with the earth it has nothing to do with my relationship with you necessarily it has everything to do yeah. with my personal salvation and my ultimate escape from this world. And so when I focus on my holiness and my spiritual being. Yeah, personal piety type yeah. of thing. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Because that's ultimately the goal, right? Uh -huh. That's good being a good Christian. When I have rough conversations with somebody and I engage something politically, well, then I'm being worldly. Then I'm being of the flesh. And then mm. I'm, being, I'm engaging in things that are not, quote, the gospel, mm. you know, but that's the rhetoric. That's mm. what, that's the right way that I grew up doing that most people are right, grow up doing. And I love that you said that. It's so good. I mean, y'all, I told you, this is why we didn't have him on the show. I mean, the dude is on another level. I mean, in, in what, well, so many things. Number one, I love the whole linguistic thing, fluency, immersion, you know, the fluency thing, you know, that that's so good. You know how one of the best ways to become fluent in a foreign language is immersion. Yeah, it, it's immersing yourself in that culture. It's being humble and traveling to mm -hmm. another location, another city, another nation, and and submitting yourself to those customs and cultures and languages and how they interact. So that that's huge. I think that's so mm -hmm. important for people to get that. You, 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 fluency is so particular, but to get that fluency, you got to immerse yourself. There's no other way in that culture, right? You yeah. can't, you can't, I mean, yeah. you could go about it in a formal academic study, but most people sure. don't have the opportunity or going to be sure. able to like, you just, just sit with it. Just sure. do it. Just and, engage and, it. And then number two, I just love what you said about the gospel and this, this, this kind of in, you know, individualistic thing that it, you know, it's, it, it, it Billy Graham just died today. I know. Billy Graham just died today, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. And, and when, when, when you know this recording, this this podcast will air a couple weeks after this. But but you know we're we're recording it um, uh, on a Wednesday, February twenty first. Uh, and you know one of the things I know about Billy Graham, uh, I've read his autobiography, um, and I, I believe that it talks about this in that. But I know um, from my re readings of and studies of Dr. King, 
Dr. King uh, respected Billy Graham greatly. Mm-hmm. And um, Billy Graham was one of the first preachers to desegregate his revival meetings, mm. his, 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 you know, mass meetings sure. um, in the South. Mm-hmm. And it was a big deal. I mean, he caught some flack. A lot of folks were saying, just don't wade into this political issue. Don't wait. Don't do it. That's just, right. and he's stay just the like, course. stay the court, you know, and he's just like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do the righteous thing here. I'm going to do that, you know? And so I just think that's so important, man, what you just said there, you know, and, and it, well, yeah, we, we typically want to shy away from this stuff, but it's like we forget the, you know, I think that's why it's so important with, you know, the, the theological significance behind this issue and why this issue is important to the heart of God is so important. Because mm-hmm. if we don't know that, we're just not going to, it's well, just going to be on the back burner. Well, then it's, then it's just the same as any other humanistic issue that we would engage mm-hmm. in. You know, if it doesn't have a theological drive to it and mm-hmm. a necessity that we actually must pursue unity across racial and color lines, mm-hmm. then it is just like, a, well, let's, what about any other, any other ethical or political issue that might actually be out there? Mm-hmm. You know, what about the, you know, providing care and assistance and like sure, i mean it could be yeah. anything which also probably have theological implications course, that we're going to go but i think this is not just an implication i think this is this is a part of the gospel mm-hmm. the way we said the way it lived out in the early church Absolutely. leaves me no other choice but to believe that this is racial and ethnic and color unity mm-hmm. that is an, is an absolute necessity to the gospel of Jesus Christ, who came to say that there is no more Jew or Gentile, no more slave or free, no more male and female. It is everybody is leveled at the foot of the cross. And Jesus says every single person is now in. And if you're going to hold anybody out, you are withholding the gospel of Christ from them. Mm. It's not actually possible. I I love that. And it's it's, what you just said, colored unity. You look at churches in America today, um, divided by faith, uh, Michael Emerson and Christian Smith, groundbreaking book uh, mm-hmm. when it came to race relations. Basically, their thesis was that um, white evangelicalism um, practice in theory is largely responsible for the racial divide that we have today. And they name the reasons why. It's a groundbreaking sure. book. I mean, it, it's incredible. Written in 2000. But they said that in the book, um, 90% of churches in America are over 90% racially homogenous. So essentially, wow. you know, we have 325,000 churches in America. 90% of them are 90% one racial group. Wow. And that just, just let that sink in. You know, so if you're in a church where they, they say, I think, multi-ethnic church, and uh, Truth Tables podcast, by the way, uh, did an incredible a series on this, uh, multi-ethnic churches, um, uh, foretaste of heaven or bulwarks of white supremacy. It was a four part Mm. series. Y'all need to listen to truth's table podcast. They are incredible. Yeah. Uh, Those those three women are are, are something else. Did you know one of their Twitter, one of their, uh, their Twitter handle is, uh, Systematic theology, not <laughs> sister, sister. Like, yes. I'm like, yeah, S-T-A. yes, that is the coolest name. Systematic, theology. it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I'm not to but, that series. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not there yet. But, like, but I'm, yet. Well, yeah. no, but I'm going through that series. And sure. those are some of those people that I was saying, like, mm. just I, I need him in my ears. Sure. I need their heartbeat. I sure. need their issues. I need to know who those, like, let wow. alone the act, the instruction that I'm getting about like writing names down that they're bringing to the table, right? Right, right. you know, different books, names, oh, yeah, names, but like. But just hearing them talk mm. is so mm. valuable, mm. so incredibly valuable. Just have sure. the voice in my ear. Sure, yeah. But but you hear that statistic, and it's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like we, 
you know, it said, and Dr. King said it himself, most segregated, most segregated hour in America, mm-hmm. 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Yes, it is. Wow. We are going to have to work hard. We're actually going to have to put active, intentional effort toward this. This is not going to be a byproduct. This is going to be something that we actually have to work towards. Okay. Yeah, there are churches that are actually make this a part of their mission. Mm. Um, and I, I'm, I'm almost tempted to just believe, like, unless we do, unless we literally say we are going to make racial inclusion a part of our mission, mm. then as an organization, we are bound to just continue to propagate the subcultures that we're a part of, wow. black or white. Great way to say that. I love that. Propagating. Yeah, that's good. Wow. And just, you know, my last question is this, bro. Just, you know, what are... what. What are some things, I know you talked about education is, is critical. What are some practical things, again, that we, we can do to be a part of the solution? Besides um, education, educating yourself about issues affecting brown and black culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else that you just have come across, you've been praying through as far as like, what are some things that I can do to be a part, uh, to, 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 to be a part of the healing process, to mm-hmm. be a part of the justice, pro- the, you know, uh, to, to bring racial justice and healing and equity and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, know? again, and I'm not this is not not to not to beat a dead horse here, but like again, that's the question. That is the question I'm trying to ask of people mm. of color, mm. because sure. to presume I have the answer. Sure. Uh, again, sure. the height of white privilege to be sure. able to assume like I'm going to come in and I'm going to just capitalize on what's going on here. You know, mm. Mm. Um, I think uh, a couple of things. Uh, first, make a friend. If you don't, my my goodness, if you do not like, and like a real friend, not just like, not like, oh, I have a black friend. He's a, (laughs) you know, (laughs) nobody needs to be token. (laughs) Nobody. Tokenism. No. That's terrible. So, but make a, make a real friend, make Mm. a, make a friend who, who is going to know your issues an accountability partner, somebody who's going to be with you on this. And you're going to have to step outside of your boundaries of comfort Mm. and outside of your subculture to be able to make this friend and then say, I'm going to value this person intentionally with my time over and against other things that I might normally choose. Mm-hmm. Um, practical solutions, I would say probably at that point, that. it's solidarity. You gotta be oh, with them. You gotta be whoa. with them. I cannot, solidarity. again, I, I could word. I could choose right now, again, the definition of white privilege, I could choose to walk away from this entirely. I could, mm-hmm. I could walk away from the political scene. I could walk away from the issues that are there. I could disappear into mystic Jesus, you know? Um, I could because I have the opportunity because I do not have any position, any place in my, now I'm not like, I don't own a house. I'm not like in this wealthy community where it's like all this super stuff. I went to some schools that allowed me to get a good education. I went, so I'm like, I'm grateful for the things that I've had in my life that have gotten me here. And, but because I am literally in a position where systemic cultural issues are probably not going to bite me in the butt, mm. I could turn a blind eye wow. and I could walk and I could decide I'm not going to be a part of this stuff. Wow. It is going to take actual intentional effort to become a part of that. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. ju- to, to say that this is your, because this is your issue, this is also my issue. Mm. That's an intentional mm. part. It has to be a part of my life. And it's mm. something that I'm just beginning so to good. grow into. And so there are things, honestly, I, I can't call the shots, but I can listen to people who are calling the shots right. and I can say, all right, I'm going to be a part of this movement that's over here. I'm going to like, and there's a, there's a guy, I think he's in North Carolina. Um, Reverend Barber is trying to, uh, William Barber. Yeah. yeah I heard him speak a couple weeks ago. Awesome. I should have called you actually. <laughs> How dare you publicly no, I, now? I'm shaming you on this. It was in Durham. He did this, uh, whole, uh, public theology and social activism course. Oh, that's awesome. It was, uh, uh, from 12 to 5 
at a church in D- downtown Durham. It was, I, I don't, I'm, I am sorry. <laughs> I, you you would have loved it. That's awesome. Yeah. But he's, but see, he's reviving um, Dr. King's Poor People's Campaign. He sure is. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I would get educated yes. about that. Like, I'm not going to mm. go blindly rushing into something as sure. like, a black person is doing something. Let me get on board. <laughs> I think it's probably like, yeah. but yeah. educate yourself. Is this a worthy cause? So is this not worthy? Again, oh my God, like no, 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 white no, no, definition. No, no, no. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, no. Um, is this is this something that is actually going to elevate as somebody else's voice? Mm. Um, I have to be able to basically become a mirror. I think mm. if I'm going to talk to white people, like I, we can be mirrors here. Like I, I don't I don't get to commodity to make this a commodity and then use this to make my own voice more powerful. Mm. I just need to reflect somebody else's That's voice. Good. I need to re- like reflect yeah. the audio and the visuals of what's going on, sure. and sure. use whatever position I have to kind of angle that satellite dish. So that whatever people might also be listening to me or might see, and I don't have mm. any platform or anything, mm. but to be able to reflect that and say, this is the voice that I'm listening to. So I'm mm. pointing in this direction. You're just looking at me. Look at them instead. Yeah. And let's listen there. So good. Um, that's not real practical, but it's a simple thing. No, no, we can is. begin it's to really get good. to actually change the way that we engage. And it I, has to be intentional. I, what you said about solidarity really um, struck a chord with me uh, because I think part of one practical thing that we can do when it comes to standing in solidarity with people is participation in um, marches and protests. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I went to just last week, I went to a uh, mass incarceration march and vigil in downtown Durham. Wow. Uh, it was, uh, we met at Nehemiah Christian Center in downtown Durham, uh, heard testimonies from folks that have been locked up for 25, 30 years, hmm. have been in the system, have, uh, have been stripped of the right to vote, uh, have had a hard time finding housing and public assistance. And, you know, the whole issue of mass incarceration, folks, number one, you need to watch 13th yes. by Ava DuVernay. You need to watch that documentary. It's on Netflix. In fact, um, Netflix, it, I think for a while, made it free, even if you didn't have an account. No, no. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. Oh, really? I think okay, I sure. know that was a thing at some point. They yeah. may still not, they may Might still not be on YouTube. I don't even know. Watch um, it. Watch yeah. it. That's another thing. Like I watched that after, like you mentioned that Vice video from Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. 13th was another one. My wife and I sat there and watched it. And I think, I mean, we let sure. the credits roll. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And I think we just sat there for 10 minutes, not even knowing how to respond, not yeah, even knowing what sure. to say, just, right. just dealing with it. <laughs> it's big. It's Ooh, big. That's, I think we're going to have a, we're, we're, uh, yeah, I, I would, that, that's, that is a good one. But we, 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 we did we heard these testimonies and everything like that from the folks who were in prison and then we we marched uh, uh, downtown and then uh, uh, prayed on the steps of the Durham County Jail That's and powerful. sang worship songs and everything held hands prayed it was just pop- and and I told Tracy she's like where are you going you know it was it's eight o'clock at night you know yeah. or something I'm missing the Duke game Duke North Carolina game and everything and you know and I'm just like I told her and this is so important I have got to be in proximity to pain. Mm. Like I've got it. That's I've got to stand in solidarity. Jesus stood in solidarity with marginalized groups. Yeah, women, uh, Gentile Samaritans. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, it, he broke all types of societal norms <laughs> and, and 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 different things. Status quo challenged the elites of his day. Um, challenged. You know, just it, it, you know. It, it, and so when I think about that, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like, I am a, you know, I'm a black man, you know, in America and I'm a person of privilege, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, what I'm saying, and obviously there are a lot of things that I've, I've had to deal with as far as racism and individual racist acts and different things and even systemic things. But for me, like I really, I, I had to recognize my privilege Yeah. and I got to use my privilege, my position, my power to bring awareness to, to, to issues of injustice 
And so, man, we we went out there. We marched, bro. It was it was awesome, and that it was incredible. just just to be out there was so significant. Uh, and so, would encourage you to participate. You know, I love what uh, Ryan what you said about cultivating friendships. You have to cultivate friendships. You know, interpersonal relationships is so important. It's not everything, but it's a, it's a big thing. It's, it's a big important. Thing. And so, and so cultivating friendships with folks that don't look like you. You know, I'm going to say something that's controversial. I think reparations are important. Mm. And and now now I'm not so not obviously like when you, when you get that that's going to be a bit of a hot topic for some of y'all sure. be like wait 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 you trying to get a check like you know what I'm saying? like all white folks writing checks you know it's like yeah yeah write them to the Harold Durrell <laughs> No, I what I what but what I mean by that by reparations and Michael Eric Dyson Talks about this in his book *Sermon to White America*. Fantastic mm. read. Uh, oh, sorry. The 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 the, the, the book title is *Tears We Cannot Stop*. The subtitle is *Sermon to White America*. Yeah, a great book. But he talks about what practically can be done, and he talks about this point: reparations. And he says the point is to be creative in transferring a bit of your resources, even if smart, modest amounts, to deserving and often struggling descendants of the folk who gave this country its great wealth. Wow. Wow. That's what he said in the book. And I was like, yeah. ooh. And I'm like, and, and so it, so even for me, I'm like, what am I doing to transfer my resources, which are many, you know? I mean, I don't, I'm rich, I'm, but I'm, I'm just saying, for the most part, I'm living large compared to the rest of the world. What mm-hmm. am I doing to bring, not only bring awareness, but what am I doing as far as my resources mm-hmm. in getting behind folks uh, who are deserving and, 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 and you know, struggling and everything like that. And so, um, well, literally setting the balance of the, the scales of justice ba- more in balance when you do that. Mm. You're literally putting effort, mm. you're putting things, you're putting something tangible mm. on the opposite side saying it deserves to be balanced. So it, it strikes a bigger issue than just an individual payback. Mm-hmm. It's actually saying, like, this. I, I am saying with sure. this action sure. that I am going that these scales are out of balance. And Ooh. so let me unload some of this stuff and so let me good. make sure that that's actually happening over here. So it is a kind of a meta thing as well. So it's good. bigger than just your individual action because of what it speaks and mm-hmm. what it communicates. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Yeah. And there's lots to learn. I mean, there are lots of things. You, there's no end. If you're living in the triangle, like... Um, or in Cary, True Pettigrew on the first Saturday True of every month great, runs barbershop rap, rap sessions. sessions. Yes. Like, yeah. that's going to be a thing that will wake, Go yeah, could to wake that. you up. If it's you're huge. in the area, Saturday morning, follow True Pettigrew. He actually will be on the show. True Access is his Twitter True handle. Access is his Twitter account. Um, you won't find him on True Pettigrew. I tried. Right. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> True is a dear friend of mine. He will be on the show in a couple months. Going to have him talking about what he's doing as far as building bridges between the African American community and police. He's doing an incredible job all around the region uh, of the Raleigh Durham yeah. region, not just Cary. But uh, but Ryan's right. The, uh, he has barbershop rap sessions. I believe there's at 10 a.m., 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. I think it's 8 to 10. 8 to 10 um, on Saturday mornings at Headliners in Cary. So uh, the you first Saturday, the, the first month. Saturday of the month. I'm sorry. Yep, first Saturday of the month. Headliners in Cary. 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, follow him at True Access. He's incredible, incredible man. He goes to our church. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so, I mean, there's yeah. if you like just want to learn, if you just want to start, like you don't have to jump right into marching. You don't Love have that. to jump yeah. right into mm-hmm. chaining mm-hmm. yourself up and like sure. and, and getting onto some sort of big scene. But you can start by learning. You can start Love by that. talking. Yes. Um. But yes. You, but the the greatest difference that I've made in the last what when is it since August? Seven yeah. months, yeah. six months, mm-hmm. seven months, mm-hmm. has literally been just realizing and d- deciding to continue to realize 
I'm I don't get to call the shots. So good. I am not the sure. one who is right here. Mm. I, there is something to mm. learn. And so to continue mm. to say, all right, I'm that's if I it does, I don't understand it maybe, mm. but I'm going to learn it and I'm going to say that this is the thing. Mm. And so just continue to listen and continue that, to be a part of it. Drew Hart uh, wrote a book. He's a um, PhD out of Lutheran Seminary, uh, Lutheran Theological Seminary, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, teaches there. I think he teaches at Messiah College. He does. Yes. Okay. You know, but he just wrote a book. Not personally, called, but I know. Okay. Okay. Um, he just wrote a book called Trouble I've Seen, How Changing the Way the Church Addresses Racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in his book, he talks about, about social location. And he talks about how, you know, you know, people of color have historically been advantage points to allow them to see and experience in real time injustice. Mm. And so it's like, you know, when I'm, when you, he, he talks about how, you know, just like in a physical location, how there are certain, when you're looking out at something, at a view, there are certain vantage points that are better That's than huge. others. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, you need to get around folks of color because they are, have, they are in and have been historically in a better vantage point yeah. to see injustice because mm-hmm. they've experienced it. Yes. You know, from yes. policies, from laws, from interpersonal uh, acts and prejudic- prejudicial acts. And so I thought that was really good, just your social location and, and That's getting a great around way to say folks it. that, you know, have a, have a good vantage point in regards to that, you know. And so, well, guys, man, we can go on for that, man. We, uh, I try to, uh, uh, this has been a, an incredible, incredible uh, discussion. My man, Ryan Page, uh, again, follow him at, what is that Twitter handle? Paging Ryan Page. Paging Ryan Page. And again, incredible guy. We're so thankful to have him on the show. We appreciate you guys being a part of this episode on the best of both worlds, this series, my journey to becoming, well, we'll be back at it in a couple weeks. We love you guys. We, uh, we think you're incredible. We're praying for you. Thanks so much. Uh, Tracy says, hello, gives her best. You guys are incredible. Take care.